Zadmeister, and welcome to the Stream Coach Podcast, the show that helps you step up your game as a professional live streamer. And now, here is your host, she's read the first Harry Potter book 37 times, Ashney Christ! What's up, streamers? Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. In this episode, we talk to someone who is growing in a really small niche, and we actually talk a lot about the partnership process as well. This is a very organic conversation, and it's really exciting because a lot of people have questions about partnership and how to get partnered. Uh, we talk about a push for partner, which you've probably heard of. It's whenever someone is on the, the other side of partnership and they have partnership as a goal and they start publicizing this idea that they want to mobilize their community to hit partnership. So we talk about if that is actually good for the, the health of your stream or is it not? And we talk about just growth in a small niche. Like what's that like? How do you get more people into your stream? How do you grow faster whenever there's not a lot of people watching that specific kind of content? So let's go ahead and get into this interview with Chili Will and I will see you all after the conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today with me, I have Chili Willies, who is a Twitch partner and flight sim streamer. What's up, Chili? How's it going? Hi, Ashney. Hi, Yam Fam. I'm doing well. Hope you're doing well too, Ashney and Yam Fam. Yeah, we're doing good from Ashney and also Yam Fam. Hey, it's so good to talk to you because you've been in the streams for a while now. So being able to have you on the show, I'm really, really excited. And also you do something like super unique, uh, which not a lot of people are doing and not a lot of people actually know about. But let's start at the very beginning. Tell me, how did you find Twitch? So actually, I didn't like get into doing streaming for a long time. I used to play like a lot of like League of Legends and stuff like that. And so originally I was on the platform just like watching like the popular streamers of the game. Like I would get home from like, you know, high school and I would just like be doing homework and I'd leave it on in the background. And like I didn't really know much about like how streaming worked or anything for a long time, but that's kind of how I found it. That's awesome. What was it? Actually, let me ask you this. Did you stream any league whenever you first started? No, I didn't because I knew that I didn't have like I didn't have a very good computer. I knew I didn't have like the equipment for it. So I didn't do anything like that. I mean, that's a good choice. It's <laughs> super saturated, but also like pretty toxic. I used to stream a lot of Dota back in the day. So that was very similar. It was very much the same way where it's the communities are or maybe not like the community itself, but the people that you would play with were sometimes pretty toxic. I digress. Uh, tell us about your stream. What is your stream actually all about? So I'm basically, so flight sim is like what it sounds like, I guess. You fly virtual planes from one place to another and try to do it somewhat realistically, as in like don't crash, but not really, because like crashing is what ends up on clips on YouTube, right? Montages and stuff like that. But um, yeah, and like I like to go from one airport to another, like talk to people, meet people. Um, sometimes you get like real pilots and operators that come in. So that's pretty fun. But yeah, I mean, I just like to be a welcoming place for people to come into the hobby and like, you know, what is this? Like, what are you doing? Like, what's all this stuff? How do you put it all together? Like, how do I get from A to B kind of thing? So that's awesome. So how would you kind of like describe your community to us aside from the content? What are your people like? Honestly, um, I tend to I seem to attract like a lot of different age groups. Um, aviation is something that appeals to a lot of different 
um, people, right? Like uh, I have some younger regulars, I have some older regulars, I have some, you know, in between, right? And I think that it's more about like the interest and the topic than like their background. Like you get a lot of different backgrounds. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so you're partnered in the flight sim community, but I feel like not a lot of people really know that this is a thing. This is pretty niche and like unique content. So uh, right. what I really want to know is like, were you the first one or what was the landscape like whenever you came into it? Right. Okay. So actually before I came into doing this, there were, there were several partners. There's not that many. There's like 10 or 11, including me. Um, so actually like this has been being streamed for about five or six years, but there's only really like at that, at that time, there are only a couple really like influential creators in that space. Uh, one of those I'm actually friends with. And uh, yeah, that, I mean, it wasn't, I'm not the first person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I have a unique perspective on what I do, but it's not the first person to do it. Yeah. So. What do you feel like that unique perspective is? Um, well, I kind of came into doing this knowing almost nothing about um, like operating aircraft, like, you know, rules and doing all of it. It's really hard to like get from, zero to that point like that skill floor is kind of high it's not as accessible as like you know it's not fortnite you don't just like load fortnite and like you know you just go and play and like you suck but like you can still play it aviation's like really complicated there's like all these things that are happening like at the same time you know like you're flying an aircraft and you're like talking to controllers and you're like trying to manage the chat and so it's like i think that the unique thing for me is that I started knowing nothing and I was able to learn to the point where I could do content and I can I can do these things that are really complicated that real life pilots need like a thousand, you know, fifteen hundred flight hours to go and do for a living. That's awesome. So you're a baller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My chat jokes that I, you know, land badly, but you know, it doesn't always go that way, right? <laughs> Hopefully not. So okay. Um you brought something that's like, I guess, a unique perspective to something that had already been done before. Um, What do you feel like it is that really made you able to like jump into this space that's not super popular and there were already some established people, but yet you were still able to come in and like build a community around yourself? Why did that happen? I think it goes back to, and this is kind of cutting ahead, but it goes for me, it's how do you put your charisma into your content? There's all these people with like zero to five viewers in flight sim or any category. It's not about like bragging. It's about how do you engage people? How do you bring them from a space of like, I know nothing about like what you're doing, like what you're doing in the aircraft, you know, how you're navigating, you know, how you're talking to controllers, but like, how do you bring them into it? Like, how do you make them feel like they're still part of what you're doing? I think that's what it is. I think it's engagement. I think it's a skill that it's extremely important to like grow as a creator. That's awesome. So what were some of the things that you would do? Like knowing engagement is super important. What was something that um, you did to really get people interested and invested in your stream? So some of it is like going to different places, you know, like there's a lot of airports. So you, you know, you find different places to go to, you know, you find different aircraft to learn and then you fly them different places. Um, it's, it's, it's engaging conversations, like kind of like what you do with your stream where, you know, you, you have a question like, you know, every day and, you know, you talk about it and it's kind of an ongoing thing. Um, yeah, I just think it's like asking good questions and like finding ways to, um, keep people engaged, like not too much dead air. 
So, because there's a lot of dead air in what I do. Like, you know, you there's there's the flying out of the airport and preparing the airplane and then landing the aircraft. But there's a lot of like dead space in between that. So, yeah. Do you feel like that dead space is an advantage or a disadvantage? I think it's an advantage if you use it in the right way. I think that if you find a way to engage people for the 45 minutes to hour and a half time frame, depending on the length of what you're doing, um, that it's advantageous. But if you just sit there like, you know, you're just by yourself, then you're going to be by yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think a huge part of streaming, right, is just like learning how to have more engaging and, and interesting conversations to where people actually just want to type back to the questions that you're asking them. And a, a huge advantage is whenever you are doing something that requires 100% use of your attention. So like esports level games, you know, like League or Dota, it's really hard to carry on a conversation with people. And whenever you're not an esports level player, being able to carry on a, that that conversation is like what people are coming to your stream for. So being able to play like an RPG or maybe uh, in the flight sim, whenever you have 45 minutes or an hour and a half or so to just talk to people, that's massive. Community is relatively unique. And like I've said, not a lot of people actually know about it. And I think like everyone's kind of searching for that uniqueness, right? Everyone's trying to find that thing about them that they can bring to Twitch that's different from what everyone else is doing, that's going to put them in a space where they can actually grow. And that's one of the best ways to grow is by bringing new content to Twitch. So if somebody wants to do that, how would you suggest that they actually bring something unique to the space? I think personality is the number one thing that every single person has. I think that everyone has things about them that people like and they enjoy about that person and it makes them want to be around you. It makes them want to be part of your community. It makes them want to uh, potentially play the game with you and it just kind of all goes from that. Everything, like the other elements, like, you know, production quality and flowing content. You learn that over time as a streamer. Like when people ask me about like, what should I do, you know, to get viewers? It's not about the number. It's about how are you enjoying yourself? Like what is what you're doing, making yourself, you know, have fun. Cause when you have fun or you're, you know, making those people enjoy themselves, then that's what drives viewership. Like, yeah. And it sounds so simple because you hear it a lot. Like nobody wants to watch someone who's just miserable. No one wants to watch somebody who isn't having a good time. And it seems like such simple advice, right? Like just have fun, but really it matters so much. Like you, you don't want to watch someone who's not going to brighten your day in some way or take your mind off of the rest of your day or maybe those parts of your day that were hard. And that is, is such an important piece is just being able to have fun and bring that funness to your stream. Funness. Is a, is, a, is that a word? I don't know if it is. I don't think it is. Funness? <laughs> I don't know. So I, and I agreed with that too. I think that so many people hear that streamers just have really good personalities, quote unquote, good personality, but it's not necessarily about be, like having a quote unquote, good personality. It's more so about just expressing your personality that like you've already got, because we all have one, but how do you bring it to the table? It's, it's a very interesting question. I think a lot of people struggle with that because we feel kind of like weird in front of the camera, right? Yeah, that's, that's a really hard, like when I, I, when I started streaming, like my quality was a lot worse, but that isn't even the point. I didn't stream with a cam for a long time and it took me a while to really kind of break out of that. 
mm-hmm. like weirdness of being in front of people like as a face. And I think that you can be successful as a creator without a camera, but yeah, it's there's reasons why there are successful non-cam streamers. It's because everything else is really engaging or entertaining or funny or like, you know, who they're playing with or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's like not having a camera. It, it can work, but you do have to acknowledge that it's going to put you at a disadvantage than everyone else that does have a camera. So, uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. How did you transition actually from being somebody who uh, didn't use a cam and then to becoming confident enough to be able to use one? Was it just an instant overnight? Like, I'm just going to use this now or did you have to build up to it? I kind of forced myself like I had been streaming for a few months and I was like, you know what? This is going to be good for me. Like, I have to push myself out of my comfort zone or I'm not going to like grow and do better things. Yeah. Would you suggest that if someone was struggling with uh, deciding whether or not to use a cam or not, that they should kind of pressure themselves or like force themselves into to using one because it's better for the stream? I think it I think personality wise, like if you are that kind of person that has a hard time getting started with something, but then like once they do it, like they feel good about it, then yeah, like that's that's the kind of personality I am sometimes, you know, I have yeah. a hard time starting something, but then I can once I get going and I kind of get what I'm doing, it's a lot easier. Yeah. So do you feel like now that you are using camera um, that you are growing the viewership faster? Do you feel like it's impacted the streams? I've been using camera for a long time and I definitely noticed a difference in engagement from when I didn't to when I did, because it goes back to like having so much dead air and what I do kind of like, dead air is a bad word because obviously like people want to see what I do but you know just not that much like actually going on in the content other than like the engagement yeah absolutely so let's circle back around to uh the kind of content that you stream um the viewership for like flight sim stuff was kind of already there for you but i'd imagine that like you you had a decent amount of hustle where you either went out to like different places to kind of like talk about the stream or promote the stream maybe use clips maybe you use like some way to kind of like get your stream specifically a little bit more known what were some of the things that you did in order to kind of gather more people around you and raise more awareness for your channel so for me i think that in my niche or in any niche where there's established creators that you resonate with that you should involve yourself genuinely in their community like don't push yourself into them but just like you know become part of what they do and um you know if it's meant if it's meant to go further than that and then they reciprocate that back to you or like oh they see you're streaming and like they know who you are so then they'll like raid you or host you like that kind of stuff is really impactful because in something like flight sim where a lot of the concurrent viewers are the same pool of people you have to like be gracious and like be um you know aware of that the people that you bring in are the people that are going to stay generally right like people on twitch always fluctuate in and out but in general when the pool of people is lower it's not like some huge game that's where you're going to see success is like familiarizing yourself with all these people in the niche interesting so how would you do that did you like go to other streams and just talk to people yeah like i went i just like hung out in their chats and you know like um this was like talking to them talking with the people in chat and like sometimes i would help the streamer answer questions about like because you know like we do a similar thing so it's like you know if they're a bigger streamer they're getting too many questions so like i'll help answer questions for them and stuff like that as well because what i do is like not very approachable like i explained earlier like there's a lot of it's not even just like learning about aviation it's like there's all these other things in addition to you know like 
setting it all up and like, how do I, you know, what do I need hardware wise and all these other things that people just constantly ask questions about. So being like a resourceful creator in a space like it is very helpful too. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really just like being the viewer that you would want, right? It's going into somebody's stream and just being a a good community member, like supporting them as the creator, supporting their community. And it's, that's, that's it. I don't, I think a lot of people overcomplicate this and they're like, how do I make friends? How do I go into stream and support streamer? What is network? Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Don't get me started. It's too early. It's too early. It's like 4 PM. (laughs) Let's talk about uh, your partnership story, Chili, because it's a little bit unique. Yeah. Okay. So I um, I was doing a different kind of sim. Like it was still aviation, but it was a different kind of sim. And when I first applied, I had like 30 average viewers. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get accepted right now. But I might as well just apply, like get my name in their face, you know, because I think that's something that people don't realize, like going back to networking, like you just have to put yourself out there. Like you have to put yourself out there in front of people because they can't you can't sell yourself if they don't know who you are right mm-hmm. like yeah like it doesn't matter if you have like 20 viewers like yeah you're gonna get declined but like it's about showing them like how you're improving as a creator so like i just i applied a few times before getting accepted because i wanted to show that i was you know doing better engagement and i was getting more people involved and i was doing better content and i was flowing content better and i was you know i had a schedule and like all these things um and when i was getting close so i applied in january And around this time, I was growing very well. I was actually averaging close to the viewer requirement. I was like 50 to 60, which in my niche, you know, the partnerships team, there's that achievement there. But I honestly don't know if it's always you always get accepted based off of it because I didn't. Um, I got accepted at 73 percent. Like I have a picture that shows it and I was surprised. I wasn't expecting to get accepted. Um, I waited two months after January, got accepted in April um, when I applied again in March because like my application fell through. They, they tend to fall through applications. So you just have to be persistent and patient. But the point is like, I think it's important to keep improving like what you're doing and do it for yourself. Don't do it because someone you, you th- you're trying to impress them, impress yourself and you'll impress other people. Like keep doing better things and the other people will see it and they'll want to, you know, accept you. Like I love that. How much of that approval do you feel like was based on the fact that you are kind of involved in this niche? Um, I think that I show pretty well that I'm very like, you know, involved in the communities. I think part of it was the written section because I, I think I did a good job of making it concise, like not fluffing it up, not putting numbers into it, but just like, hey, like I fly planes and like I do this and, you know, I, I want partnerships so that I can, you know, do better content and I, you know, want to be here for a while. I want to do this, like just very like transparent and upfront about what I do without like trying to sell them the things that they're already looking at. Like putting your numbers in your partnership applications relevant because they don't they are they're gonna see your analytics right they can see probably more than you can like i don't know but like let's be real right they're staff so they, they can see it anyway so you're not you're not selling them your numbers i don't know why people try to sell numbers in their partner application you want to sell them like your uniqueness because that is what drives viewership is your uniqueness so it's the only thing it's so true like they're gonna go in they can literally tell your viewership numbers and look at your entire all of your graphs like why are you they're gonna check that stuff anyways that's irrelevant that's like 
they're going to see that information twice and now you just wasted their time and they're getting literally hundreds or thousands of applications a day. No, no, no. Let's respect their time and sell them on the things that they can't see in their own dashboard. Things like uh, maybe you raised a lot of money for charity or uh, maybe there's something super unique about you or maybe you're like an influencer on another platform or maybe you're uh, doing something like super important, I don't know, elsewhere or just you have this massive vision in your head. But yeah, completely agree. Love that. 10 out of freaking 10. Dude, what's like if somebody is going to apply for a partner, what would be a piece of advice that you would give to them? Don't make your think of your partnership application like a cover letter. Everything else in the partnership application is the typical numbers and like, oh, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. But the partner application is like, hi, I'm this person and I love Twitch. Here's why I love Twitch and here's what I do. And here's why I I want partnership. Yeah. Like, here's what I'm going to do with it. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do after partnership? Because people think partnership is the last thing. It's not nearly the last thing. It's the beginning. It's the beginning. It's a it's a milestone that proves that you have potential as a creator, but it's not a guarantee that you will go any further with it. But it's it's tools and like a status that shows that you have potential as a creator. It's so true. A lot of people are like, chasing the check mark and they they prioritize it so much and we've even got like pushes for partner right where people are literally saying like hey everyone i know in my entire life in my entire just surrounding area don't push for just, partner doesn't oh work god yes tell them go for doesn't it work. tell them it it's- doesn't work i promise it doesn't work the only way it works is if you have like yeah i guess if you have like some 1000 plus streamers your friend except that they'll just look right through it they'll just see on the analytics that you're getting 95% of your viewers from some like famous streamer and then they'll just deny you because you don't have enough organic growth because partnerships wants organic growth. They want this. They want organic growth. They want chat engagement. They want production quality and they want uniqueness. They don't care about the fact that you're getting 500 viewers from some famous streamer in your niche. Yup. And they also don't necessarily care even if you're hitting the like 75 average. If you're literally the same as like everybody else, if you're just streaming Fortnite and you're hitting 75 average and you're not doing anything to kind of like distinguish yourself or to like appear as you, they'll they'll literally deny you. Like there have been so many people that have been denied even though they've hit all of the numbers because the content is just something that they have hundreds or thousands of partners for already. Yeah, I agree. Love it. And yeah, don't get me started on pushing for partner either holy moly can we talk about how that's not even a sustainable growth strategy like okay so maybe you do push for a partner and it does work and maybe you do get partnered what happens after that if you were literally advertising for like a month or or a couple months or however long it took to get more people into your space so that you hit partner cool well the check marks there but what's the next goal? Is there gonna be a next one? Because if there isn't, all those people are leaving. Like all the hype is gone. You hit partner, you yeah. have some attention on you, right? Like you've got some momentum there. You've got a lot of people that are are either coming into your space to see, oh, what happened? Oh, they just got partner. Oh, what's that first stream gonna be like? Uh. And what are you gonna do with that momentum? I don't think My enough first people stream ask after themselves partnership that funny because i was like did i actually is this real like did i just get like trolled email like a fake email that's just like changed with like my name in it or something you know and i'm like oh it's on the dashboard okay it's real you know like yeah when we hit it i was like what is what because we 
what is most, life? Yeah, most people are waiting like two months for their application. Ours was one month. And I remember checking my email at like nine o'clock at night, not expecting anything. And I saw it and I was like, what? And you expect when you get a check mark that it's going to change. Like you're going to feel just instantly different and you're going to feel like everyone. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but it doesn't happen. There's no like secrets that they give you. They don't hand you a rule book for, hey, this is what you do now. They don't give you anything. They literally say like that's the partner contract, which you can't right? talk about. Right. It's literally like you know, it's not magically like, oh, like secretly mm-hmm. we're going to like tweet you out on Twitter and like, no. you know, and even all the partner views. contract is there's no there's not really that much information in it. It's almost no. the same as the affiliate one. You hit agree and that's it. You have a check mark. There's nothing afterwards. There's no like you don't get extra attention because you're a partner. You don't get extra money because you're a partner. You don't get extra uh, people coming into your space just because you have a check mark. There are plenty of partners who get partnered and then they go down to like 40 viewers within the next couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah, it's hard. Like you have to just show people that you're doing this because you enjoy it and because you love you appreciate these people you know like it's not about the check mark like you could even hold off on getting the check mark for a while you don't even need it that bad i'm trying to think of the opportunities that we have now that we didn't have like without the check mark it's emotes a stream team and there are a couple of programs like discord partner it's easier to get if you're a twitch partner uh streamlabs all-star is easier to get if you're partnered like there are a few things but affiliates have a ton of opportunities and i think a lot of people don't realize that you your limitations are your own limitations like you put these limitations on yourself in your own head you think oh i'm not partnered so i can't achieve this thing no you can achieve it you can achieve it now like if you build up like the value of the stream you build up the community you make people feel loved and welcomed and heard and all of that in your space and they get good vibes they keep coming back you have a million doors that will open for you but if you can't learn how to do that well you're never going to get the check marks that's going to quote unquote open the doors for you anyways it's It's funny because because in my niche, like being partnered is cool, but it's it's mostly just like, okay, great. Because like developers <laughs> yeah. don't care about that. They just want like any developer that in my niche that actually like pays attention to Twitch and stuff like that. They'll tweet out, you know, streams of like three viewers and like, that's great. Like, I think that's really great because like, you know, there are some, you know, pretty cool people that do really unique stuff that just don't have the viewership yet. It doesn't make them like lesser mm-hmm. than you. It just means that they haven't been like doing it consistently for long enough. Yeah, I think that too. I've seen so many streamers who are at like 30 or 40 viewers. I'm like, this person is freaking hilarious, dude. Like they are so good at what they're doing, but they haven't been streaming for that long. Or maybe their main value is something that it takes more time to grow. Like if you're building a stream that's based on you being friends with a lot of people, if that's your only value is relational value, it's going to take you forever to grow because relationships take a while to cultivate. But if you're building a value on something else, like motivation or inspiration or like educating people, well, you can do that in five minutes in a stream. And people, once they get a quick win from you with one of those three things, they're going to come back way more than if you're just focusing on building a relationship that takes a ton of time and more energy, frankly, to do. But yeah, like checkmark chasers out there, y'all listen, it's not as big as you think it is. (laughs) It's big for a couple days, like, and then kind of just, you can move on and keep doing your thing and people go, congratulations. And you go, thanks. And it's like, okay, great. You know, emotes. Yeah. 
it definitely like blew us up for a few days. Like Discord went crazy, Twitter went crazy. I could not get through that thread. I'm I'm a person I like to respond to like 99.9% of everybody on Twitter, but there was no way. Uh, it gets you that initial attention, right? But I think it's way more important for people to think about is not how do I get the check mark? It's what happens after the check mark, right? So it's like shoot for the moon because even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. And that entire uh, mindset is what you need to have if you're going for partnership as well. Like if you want to become partnered, then what you do is you start acting like a partner already. You start like creating the kind of content that a partner would create. You start creating a community space that a partner would create because in order to get the job, you do the work first. You don't like get the job. A, a boss doesn't give you a promotion and then you're like, cool, I'll start doing the right thing now. It's literally the opposite. <laughs> you get promoted because you do the right thing. Ay, I'm, I'm getting on my soapbox about this, but yeah, anyways, it's so important. So what is like another uh, really common mistake that you see a lot of streamers make? Um, they focus too much on how can I be novel instead of how can I be charismatic? Ooh, explain that to like, us. What does that mean? Novelty, novelty wears off, but charisma keeps people like personality keeps people, but like being novel only works in like limited doses. It doesn't drive like consistent viewers or like consistent engagement or anything, you know? Yeah, because the meta changes. What's interesting and what's current and what's in the like zeitgeist at the moment changes all the time. I love that. That's such a good call out. So I'll like rephrase this because Kisa doesn't understand. So what I mean by being charismatic is like being the best parts of your genuine personality and like driving your voice and like your inner like personality to people like pushing that to anyone because you know you could be playing like the most complicated game like you know like they're not gonna get it maybe but what they do get like they're human too like they'll get your personality and like that will keep them there like talking to them and keeping them there will like that's what that will keep them there and then the content that you're doing might interest them later but it's gonna be you like you are always the asset that keeps people not the yes. game. It's so true. I see a lot of people that they try to, they they think like changing up the game or maybe if they tweak their schedule or maybe if they add new graphics or maybe if they, and they're focusing on the wrong thing, right? Because they think like, oh, if I'm just here at this time playing this thing, I'll get lucky and someone will just host me and maybe there won't be a lot of people streaming this and so people will come in. But the content that you're streaming matters way, 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 way less. When you're streaming, doesn't matter nearly at all. And you actually, it doesn't matter at all in you being able to grow a community. There's always a viewership on Twitch. Like people are watching a ton of different things. The way that you grow is literally by being charismatic. Like it doesn't matter what you're playing. What matters most is you uh, bringing value to people's lives and like either teaching them or, or inspiring them or even just like being a person that's that's there for them and having that confidence and, and charisma for sure. I love it. Okay, we're gonna jump into the Q&A portion of our stream. Bye, Hell's Gates. Thank you for hanging out with us. We, I, actually, I do wanna talk about hashtag support small streamers like you asked, but real quick, uh, if you all have any questions and you've thought of anything, anything that's kind of kind of come up during this conversation, feel free to ask your questions now. Uh, but my question, my last question for you, kind of, because I want to talk about support small streamers too, but this one, what is your number one streaming tip? I've said it already, and it's being charismatic and being yourself and 
figuring out how you relate to the category, not how the category relates to you, not how the medium relates to you, but how you relate to the medium. Like, how is your perspective different than everyone else's? Ooh, that's so good. I love that. Not how the category relates to you, but how you relate to the category. Interesting. Now I'm like, you're, you just kind of like blew my brain a little bit. I'm trying to think of like how this has been something that happened in my own journey as a creator. But let's talk about support small streamers. I'll let you go first. Oh my God, you're going to make me do this first? Oh no. Yes, I am. Unless you want me to do it, but... No, I can do it. I mean, hey, I have no problem getting on my soapbox. You know this. I think it's 100% a waste of time. Uh... The intention, whenever, well, we have to think of the intention of the people that are using the hashtag, right? So for those of you who don't know, this is a really common hashtag specifically on Twitter, but on social media in general is hashtag support small streamers. And so the expectation here and the idea behind it is good, right? It's support streamers that maybe they don't have a ton of attention or a ton of viewership yet, and they're just as deserving and they're, you know, they have potential and they can grow too. That's not wrong. I don't think that's wrong at all. I think there are a lot of smaller creators who uh, haven't either promoted themselves yet or don't know how, or maybe they're stuck or they don't understand. There's a lot of people in that in that area. But uh, I think the reason that people use the hashtag is because they expect the support. Like they feel, sometimes they feel entitled to it. Um, and the problem with it also is that kind of identifying yourself as small, I think is a really negative way to kind of perceive your content. So if you all have ever heard of like this idea of self-fulfilling prophecy, right? It's like a very normal term. A lot of us have heard of this. It's like very normal in psychology. And you basically become what you think, right? You become your thoughts. If you say, uh, I'm a small streamer and identify as small, like obviously you're going to keep doing the things that are going to keep you small. You're going to stay small. But if you think, no, I'm going to be big someday. I'm going to be a partner someday. And you really feel that confidence and you feel that like belief in yourself and your content, the community that you're building. That is the the direction that you're going to go. That mindset shift, that belief in your potential is literally going to change the stuff that you're doing now and will get you to those goals ultimately. But if you identify with, no, I'm small, you will stay small. That's just the idea of it. Like you become what you consistently think about. If you think you're a garbage person, like you're probably gonna do garbage person things. If you think that you're funny, you're gonna start being funnier and doing funnier things. Like, ugh, it, it gets me. And I think a lot of people use like the hashtag because they get retweets from these count accounts and they get uh, maybe just, likes. And they, yes, it's a freaking pyramid scheme. The only Hi, people- I have- Oh, the only people that are being followers on Twitter now because I oh I have the thing that says follow me to get retweeted, but yes. it's fake engagement. It's literally the only people that are being benefited by using these hashtags, using these retweet accounts, are the people that own them. They own they they have like 30, 40, 60, 100,000 followers because all of y'all that are are using them, and it's not doing anything for you. You're getting empty retweets. Empty support is not support. It doesn't make you look more important. <laughs> Okay, your turn. (laughs) So sort of a lot of what you just said is how I feel about it. But here's how I like to explain support small streamers to people. I like to explain it to people like, what is that time going to? The time that you're spending tweeting about that you're a small streamer could be spent on like 
what should I do today that's better than I did the day before? Like, you know, and it can just be little things. It's like, you don't have to make this like huge step because streaming is a skill. And the more time you spend on actually making content, the better you're going to get unless you don't put any effort in getting better. But that's the whole like perfect practice makes perfect, you know, perspective. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Nawi asked, hi, I have a question. How can I grow my channel? I believe my problem is the language. I stream in Spanish, and when I try to search streams in Spanish, there's not so many. And they mainly play the quote-unquote popular games. What do you think? So I think you should find a game that you like that has that already has some kind of audience. It doesn't have to be big. Like, my example is perfect. Like, I don't stream a game with 5,000 or 10,000 viewers, but there's an audience there and you can appeal to it. And like, I think the important thing is that you have to put yourself in a category where people are actually going to be able to find you in the first place, because otherwise, it, regardless of what your first language is, it doesn't it isn't going to matter. It's not going to end up differently for you, whether you're like, you know, English, Spanish, Japanese, Chinese, doesn't matter. Like you have to put yourself in a category where you can actually be clicked on. Yeah, 100 percent. There are a lot of people who have successful streams with hundreds of viewers and they don't speak English in their streams at all. There are plenty of those that definitely exists. I mean, look at IRL. There's yeah. sometimes I look at IRL and the top person's like Korean. Okay, cool. You know, like, great. Yup. It's crazy. Uh, there was another question too. That was really good. Oh, Cairo asked, how do you get into that place of content flow where you easily identify the next step slash idea for your content? Okay. So flowing content, becomes more natural over time. That's the not helpful answer. The helpful <laughs> answer is how is what I'm going to do engage people? Where's the opportunities to enjoy myself and then in turn help people enjoy themselves during the content? And you don't have to spend like hours. It's not like editing like a YouTube video or something, but it's it's more about like how does doing this live engage people? Mm. And like, how do you do that? Right. Well, you provide, you know, chances for you to engage and stuff like that and talk to people and answer their questions and like be funny during that content. Yeah. And I think part of of the growth process, like being able to identify the next step or like the next idea for your content. Part of this is you have to realize like it's a marathon, right? If streaming is something that to you, you want to be doing for a while, it's okay for you to realize like, maybe I don't have a bunch of ideas right now, but that's okay because you don't have to have all of your ideas in the very beginning. It might, it might like just be that you don't really understand what makes content valuable yet. Maybe you don't get like how people or why people want to watch your stream, or maybe you don't understand how to make a stream interesting, uh, valuable, how to get more people involved, even how to get people engaged, right? Maybe you don't know those things. Doesn't mean you never will. So yeah, Cairo, I think it's all about like being able to understand that it's, it's okay for you to not have ideas right now, but also think about like your perfect, if you could get as massive as you possibly could, right? If you could have your ultimate dream whenever it comes to Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all of the content that you're creating and your dream life, like one is content creation is in it. If it isn't, you don't really need to be doing it, right? Like do the thing that is going to push you closer to your dream life, not further away from it. And if content creation is in it, well, what's the biggest, most like baller thing that you possibly could do? And I think for me, what I did specifically was I actually figured that out and I worked backwards from there. So 
so I know like what the most baller version of stream coach looks like. I know what the most baller version of the Yam Fam looks like. I know what the most baller version of like the Ashney Christ brand looks like. And I've kind of worked backwards to say like, okay, for right now, this would get me to that dream of this brand or that dream of this like content creation thing. But that might pivot in the future too. That might change and that's okay. I think it's always learning to iterate it's learning to identify what's like current in the culture and how you can kind of integrate those things so that you can stay relevant, right? And so that you can uh, keep building your stream in uh, a way that is going to be interesting with people or interesting to people. And then it's also just, it, it does come with time. It really is. It's not like the most helpful things. Oh, just wait. It'll happen. It'll happen. At some point it'll click and you'll get it. It's not, that's not super helpful, but it really does. There, there's a reason why I, I streamed for four years to, you know, 20 people is because that, that flip hadn't been switched yet. I didn't get it. I didn't understand how to make stuff interesting. I didn't understand how to kind of judge what the next thing was going to be. Um, another thing too, I think is like, listen to your audience, right? Would you say, that your community gives you a lot of good ideas for things that you could do and like directions you could take? I think sometimes I think it's partially the community and I think it's also partially like looking at what's going on like you know what are the new like updates going on like what are the new releases like you know what are the things that are coming up that you can talk about and then also you know stream when they come out and like um, relevant that's part of like flowing too that I kind of miss what's relevant to what people want to see when something new comes out and if you're interested in it engage with it yeah this is a job that's like always changing it doesn't really stay the same forever in order to be relevant for like years and years and years it takes iteration and it takes like innovation consistently on top of iteration or on top of innovation on top of innovation like look at madonna right she's a perfect example of this because that woman has been relevant in so many different decades because she's innovated and kind of like rebranded herself and that might be something that you need to kind of consider as well. Uh, Heather Chan asked, how do you deal with depression and anxiety? How do you deal with depression and anxiety while or before streaming? So honestly, like I I, kind of relate more to like the being like nervous anxiety side of it from like transitioning through to different content. I was in one arena and I dropped it and it was crazy. I dropped it and I went to another like still in simming but a different area and like that was very stressful for me i was like is this gonna work like what am i gonna do you know but i think what's important is that you have to you have to show people like the great person you are and like have fun like i think you just have to be in a space where you can enjoy yourself as much as possible yeah i used to have really really bad anxiety a lot of like mindset shifts and a lot of my own mental growth has happened since I was that very, very anxious person. Uh, and I've also had depression and had to, to deal with being a content creator who is depressed. So trying to like, trying to stream, but not wanting to stream and then feeling guilty about it. And then like that entire negative spiral, it just, it sucks. It's really, really, really hard. And I think um, getting discouraged because you're ang- you're anxious or depressed is normal and i think 
man, this this goes super deep. So definitely find resources, right, where you can talk about this. There are plenty of mental health streamers who have like way, 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 way more knowledge on this subject than I do. Uh, the reason that this happened for me in the past, though, whenever I was feeling like I just can't get started, right? Like I just can't stream. I would think about streaming and I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. It feels like hell, for lack of a better word. Um, I think that that is something a lot of people have to deal with from time to time because life is life. Like we all have situations that come up where we uh, we aren't happy for a while and it's hard. But I think, Heather, that something that's really important to do there is like one, have resources of people that understand, okay, definitely understand like the social media stuff, understand the streaming world along with the mental health aspects. So check out like anxiety or uh, Penelope Squish, like Penny talks about some mental health stuff. Marie is fantastic. Anxiety is a great channel. She's always sharing those stories and like supporting and encouraging people. And there are a lot of others as well. I think that whenever you're in that situation, that it's really important that you identify, uh, is this burnout or is this like real depression? Because they both are very similar, right? So burnout, it makes you feel like I don't want to stream. I don't want to do this. And depression feels the same way. But there's a, a depression that is only like a few months versus major depressive disorder, which is like you're all the time sad, right? So you just are not necessarily sad, but you're just all the time you you feel depressed and there's it's not a set period of time. So you have to handle each different ways and you have to figure out like which one is this? Which one am I? And I don't know like what your specific situation is, so I can't really like give you a ton of advice there. But if you're feeling like really anxious about what is it? Your affiliate anniversary? You're planning a big stream and you're feeling really anxious about it because on your birthday you ended up getting super bullied. Mm. So how do you deal with that anxiety if like something bad might happen? That's kind of the question there. I would say it's have a have a good mod team. Uh, look for the positives in life. Something that I changed that really helps me was I combated all of those negative voices that were saying like, oh, well, who are you? What are you doing? Like, you're not good enough to do this. People are going to hate you. Like, people are going to bully you. People. And I, I combated every single one of those with a voice that was way louder that screamed at it the exact opposite. So if somebody if my voice said like people are going to hate you, I'd say I would yell at it and I would say like people are going to love me. OK, and I think it's like look for the positives in in your thoughts as opposed to the negative. So many of us, like we spiral into this negative mindset because we're listening to those negative voices and we're like, okay, okay. So we shrink back, but instead it's like, you have to take that courage and take that power away from that voice by yelling at it and saying the exact opposite. And it's going to feel goofy at first. You're going to be like, nah, this doesn't really work. But over time, what you're going to do is you're going to build up that natural tendency to combat those negative voices. And you're going to instead just naturally, just without even thinking of it, you're going to yell the positive stuff. And and that is the mindset that you want to get to. Um, and and I think as, man, this is so deep. Like I could talk about this for freaking ever. There's there's so much that goes into this. And I've, I've definitely had this experience and it's a really hard place to be. And I really, really empathize with it. Um, but I'm here to tell you that like there is light at the end of the tunnel and you can definitely do it and you can definitely combat that nastiness. And if you want to DM me, Heather, and, and talk about this, like feel free to do that. Okay. I have a couple of thoughts on that if you want. Go for um, it. So first of all, um, the bigger or the more um, reach or presence is the word I'm looking for that you have in a um, in a niche or a category. Uh, the more you're going to get of that, it's going to get worse. So the best thing you can do is yes, have a good mod team, but um, remember that the things that people say and try to uh, 
tell other people about you and do. You're not responsible for what other people do. You're responsible for what you do and what you should be responsible for is doing the exact opposite of what they think of you. Like whether they think you're a sellout or like whether they think you're just about the viewers or like whether you just want, you know, numbers or all this like bogus crap that just comes about as soon as you start being successful on a platform. You just have to keep being yourself and like showing them that like, yeah, I'm going somewhere, but you know, I'm still the same person and I'm still the great person that I want to be for my community. And that's, mm-hmm. and for the community that I'm in. I think it's managing those expectations too. It's really easy to get burned out or to let the, the depression hit whenever maybe you have a bigger day than usual. Um, and then you kind of have the expectation that, oh, we had, you know, 20 average today. That means like, we're going to have 20 average tomorrow. We're going to have 20 average for the next week. Like it doesn't success on Twitch is all over the place. Like you'll have weeks where you do really well and you'll have weeks where you don't. And you'll have days where you're just like you're balling and you'll have days where you're balling on a budget. It's it's all over the place. It's not linear. And there might there might be something else happening that day that just leads to you not being able to take off. And I think if you're focusing so much on on what you're receiving from your stream, it's way easy to feel burned out. It's really easy to feel like I don't want to get started or like I don't want to stream that day because I know that I'm not going to be able to hit those numbers or I know that I'm not going to get what I want from the stream. Right. I think that's the problem is a lot of us think like I want to get what I want from this stream. And then if you don't and you don't get that over and over and over and over after a while, you're like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm not getting what I want. And this happens to partners, too. This happens to successful streamers and YouTubers all the time. This happens to everybody. So you have to think, like, try to shift that focus from receiving over to how to give to people. How to, like, like, what's your fulfillment coming from? Yeah. What's your how do you get fulfilled? Right. Like, don't. Try not to think about it as like making sure, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get these viewers and people are going to think that this is a good stream or just think of like how you can support others and how you can like bring light to their lives, even if like your life is, is feeling kind of dark. And even if your life feels dark, it's going to bring a little bit more extra light to you whenever you're able to make other people happy. I could, I mean, I could just go off on this for freaking ever. Honestly, it's yeah, same. It's such a, it's such a relevant, like constantly relevant conversation because everyone natural human being freaking tendency is sometimes we compare ourselves to other people. Sometimes we get like, we get cranky because we're not seeing the things that we want to see. Sometimes our freaking hormones are off. Sometimes like it's all over the place. And it's, I think we all have those, those, struggles and we've all got a little bit of story of like how we had to overcome something to achieve success i think every partner has that right like we've we all in our lives in general everyone has their dark stuff that they had to deal with and um it's it's hard to not focus on it but if you want to see something of your life if you want to see the the positives and you want to you know do something meaningful it doesn't matter how dark your life is or has been you definitely can it's just a matter of just doing the thing, holding yourself like accountable and going after it. And you were talking about like being, you know, like how people tend to compare themselves to other people. And like this kind of goes back to what I was talking about in terms of being relevant in your niche, which is like connecting with other people, like connect with people because you like them. And like, you know, you legitimately, you know, like you enjoy being with those people, like, you know, spending time with those people, like the numbers or any like anything else is just like secondary you know like just enjoy it you know be human it's just like make friends and don't don't feel like your personal 
oh my God, maybe that's the biggest piece of advice that we could give someone from this entire conversation is don't attach your personal sense of self-worth to what your numbers say. Like regardless of if viewership is good or bad, it doesn't matter to me. I watch viewership numbers. I actually do. I watch them during the stream, but it doesn't matter if that number says like, a couple hundred or if that number says like 70 or 80 doesn't matter i'm still gonna have fun i'm still like for me it's a way to judge what content is resonating and what isn't as opposed to it being a a way to like inflate my ego or something that's gonna mess with my head if it drops right those like if you attach your sense of self-worth and your self-confidence to the numbers that you are bringing in, you're setting yourself up for failure because it's so inconsistent for everybody, for everybody. Someone with like 500 viewers, they have days where they just have 200 and they're like, what the heck is going on? I have no idea. But you have to like build yourself and your sense of self-worth and confidence beyond that. It has to come from like the relationships, the people that you're surrounding yourself with, what you're giving to the world, like how you're getting fulfilled from your content. Uh, Creating like meaningful change in people's lives, regardless of what the numbers say is way more important than you getting like a plus one to your vanity metric or you being able to yeah. like get some extra clout or extra attention like mm-mm. Gotta, yeah you got lo- we're we're all so into like respecting you know waiters and waitresses or we're into respecting the the people at the bank or but we don't give ourselves that same level of respect and love like huh fable said i always oh we could talk about that i always worry about connecting and collabing with other people because i worry that they won't like me or i won't be good and will drag them down so you know it's funny because that you say that because one of my like friends in the niche that i'm in mm-hmm. is massively bigger than me like when he hosts me it's 10 to 15 times my average right like it's huge but when he came into my stream the first time and like we just like legitimately had a conversation like it's important to just treat yourself and any influencer or any person that you want to talk to like they're just another human being and that's what they are like they don't go around like like a lot of people that I've that I've had the pleasure of like you know doing anything like that with they're just themselves like they're just human like they want to grow their brand but it's not related to how they're going to treat you in a lot mm. of cases. Yeah. And if they are like that, then you don't want to be involved with them anyways because it's not going to be, it's going to be toxic. It's not going to be genuine. There are definitely some people where they're, uh, they definitely have that scarcity mindset. Regardless of what size they are, they might have like 5,000 people watching them all the time. They might have like 50, they might have five, but they have this scarcity mindset where they think like if someone else gets viewers, then that's viewers they're not getting. Or if somebody else gets like a opportunity or support or some kind of love, some kind of attention, then that's attention away from them. Those are people that regardless of what size they are, like you don't want to associate with them because they're going to be emotional vampires. They're going to like not be... Uh, They're just not good people to surround yourself with. And you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So you want to make sure that you choose the people that you're surrounding yourself with to be really productive people that are going to motivate you, right? Not people that are going to bring you down. And so uh, it's really, really important to choose those people and to like take it really seriously. But I think that there there's also the other end of that spectrum. So there are people that regardless of how many viewers they have, they don't care. Like they want to work with you. They want to support. They want to they want to create stuff like they want to to collab yeah. with you and they don't care about your numbers and they don't care about theirs i think what a lot of people forget is that it's if you're bringing value to their audience it doesn't matter if they have like a thousand viewers all the time if you can bring value to that audience like 
tell them, right? Tell them and reach out to them about that. Because the size and the the current clout that you already have, that's only one thing that could bring attention to someone. Like that's only one piece of value that you can bring to someone. There's so much more value that you can give to someone's audience if you want to collab with them. Like you are bringing something just by creating an idea that's really going to resonate with the creator's community. There are people that like I I talk about all the time. I feature on a stream. We've had in podcasts. So like they don't bring numbers to the stream, but they bring something that's still just as important as the numbers. Because as we've talked about, the numbers in the grand scheme of things don't freaking matter. Y'all can buy viewers. Y'all can buy followers. Y'all can buy. You can pay money for these things and get them and fake it. But that doesn't matter nearly as much as like the actual people behind the numbers. Engagement and the people you're talking to. Mm-hmm. I'm less worried about the viewers and more about the personal connection. I'm worried if I collab that I'll do something dumb or not be entertaining enough and damage that relationship. That's so Ease hard. into it. Yeah. Ease into it. Don't don't ask them to do the con if you're if that's if you're scared of that and you like the person, just ease into it, you know. Try to find ways to connect with them a little deeper so you understand them a little bit more because then you'll collab with them and you'll it'll flow better because you'll understand each other more than if you just like blindly go in. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that is a reflection maybe of like fable your sense of self-worth, right? Is you feel like you feel like if I challenge myself, then I'm not going to rise to the challenge. But maybe the question should be like, when was the last time you challenged yourself and how did it go? And what did you learn? Because sometimes we do like challenge ourselves and we fall on our faces and we fail. And that's just part of the process of success, though. Like failure is not an enemy. It's not something for you to be afraid of. It's not something for you to just like lay down and say, oh, I failed. I shouldn't try anymore. You know, it's it's a teacher. Failure failure is something that will make you learn so much more than if you just have like minuscule success, 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 success. And then someday after like three years, you hit 75 viewers and you get partnered. No, I want you to fall flat on your freaking face multiple times. And then I want you to go from freaking like 20 viewers consistently to a hundred in the time span of two months, because that does happen, right? Like that's, that's a thing, but that's only a thing because people fail. You gotta have that failure and you gotta, it's a, it's okay to suck. It's okay to like, be dumb or not be entertaining enough like that itself isn't going to damage the relationship that is like a a real friend and someone who has that um positive like mindset and someone who has that that uh not skip what is it abundant mentality that abundance mentality they're they're gonna say hey it's okay like i know maybe you feel bad you didn't do as bad as you think that you did some of that is just in your in our minds we think we're so much worse than we really are (laughs) We always, oh, we always think that. We're our own worst critics. I used to fear being someone's pity project for a streamer that has more clout. Yeah, you could have 100 followers. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you could, Emery, a one, a one viewer streamer can work with a thousand viewer streamer. It's not about the numbers. Like the numbers is only one piece. When I work with somebody who wanted to come on the show that had like 10,000 viewers and they were gonna bring like more clout and more attention to the show, like totally, yeah, that's a value. But that's not the only one. There's plenty of other ways to bring value to a, a relationship. Maybe they have experience, like for you, Ashley, like you do, yeah. like how to make creators better. Maybe they're like an influence relations person. So like they talk about, like, yeah, they're not a streamer, but they talk about like, why do we work with influencers and like the type mm-hmm. of people, you know, just just like one example, though. There's like so many. Yeah. Yeah. And we have those people on all the time that have literally like zero social presence. They don't even stream, but they are in the industry. And so because of that, they have 
relevant information that the audience of this podcast needs to know. So you have to think of like the audience of the content and what they need. Not necessarily like, can I bring numbers and more attention? Can we join our audiences? No, it's what is the audience of this content creators, uh, I guess, content need. Yo, there we go. That's it. <laughs> so that's probably where we'll end it. Otherwise, I will just get on my soapbox and talk for freaking ever. Uh, Chili, this was awesome. I'm so glad that we got to have you come on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great. <gasps> I just know- like to share people. I like to share, like, I failed a lot. I like to share, <laughs> like, what I've learned. Yeah, so. I love that. And I didn't even tell you, but my dad actually plays flight sims. Oh, really? Yeah, that's like his entire every night is he's just freaking flight sims. <laughs> Oh, then you should introduce yeah. me to him, maybe? I don't know. I'm going to tell but him to watch a stream. Yeah. I'm going to be okay. like, Dad, go. Go hang out. He probably will. I don't I don't know if he's really watched Twitch that much, but we shall see. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Chili. It was so good to talk to you. I'll, um, actually, no. No, here we go. Let everybody know where they can find you. <laughs> there we go. We got there. So, I am... Chili Willie's on Twitch. If you don't know how left clicking allows you to go to a channel, that's the link. Um, I'm live at 4 p.m. Pacific, six nights a week normally. So yeah, that's when I go live. Hi Poo. Is there anywhere else that you have a, a presence? You have like YouTube, social media? I have a Twitter presence right now. Yeah, I do. I have a Twitter as well. Nice. It's Aviator Chili. Right? Aviator Chili. Aviator yeah. Chili. Perfect. And we'll have, for those of you listening to this in podcast form, we'll have the links down below in the show notes for you as well. Okay, Chili. I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, CM fam. Bye. Bye. Chili. It, you know what's hilarious? I'm interviewing Chili, and Yam Daddy is back in the back making chili for the entire freaking show, dude. The entire show is just chill. It smells like chili in here. It's amazing. I'm very happy right now. I cannot wait for tonight. <laughs> what is the universe telling me right now, though? What's happening? All right, I hope you all enjoyed. You can reach Chili Willies at Aviator Chili on Twitter if you have any questions. The link for that is in the show notes as well. Or you can reach out to me at Ashney Christ on any platform. I would love your feedback too. If you could leave us a comment on whatever platform you listen to the show on, if there is a comment section, I'd really appreciate that. It actually goes super far to help other people find the show. Subscribe if you haven't already, by the way. Hello. <laughs> and I will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. And we we keep growing every week. It's really bananas. So thank you so much for being on this journey with all of us. And we will see you in seven days. Bum, bum, bum. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Stream Coach Podcast. See you next week.